Hey everybody, this is Mark Richards, the owner of Wasatch Recovery and a proud sponsor of Todd Sylvester's BeliefCast. We are excited to have you join us as we discuss Wasatch Recovery's unique treatment programs for overcoming addictions and techniques for developing a healthier lifestyle. We call this the Wasatch Way. Wasatch Recovery's goal is to instill hope, teach resilience, and help you achieve recovery. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast, and today we are doing another uh, episode of the Wasatch Way. I'm joined with the owner of Wasatch Recovery, Mark Richards. Thanks yo, for yo. Us. Yo, yo. What's up? And then our marketing director, uh, Ryan Decker. Thanks for being here, Ryan. So glad to be here. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Yeah. I'm excited for this conversation today. Today we're going to talk about some great things. I, I also want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Wasatch Recovery's at the top of that list. We have Siegfried, Jen- Siegfried and Jensen, uh, I Hill Institute and Veracity Networks. And I want to thank every one of you for tuning in week after week. You guys are fantastic. Keep sharing these uh, episodes, especially these Wasatch Ways. If you know someone who's struggling with, with substance abuse or have a, has a mental health issue, this, these are the episodes for them, especially their families. And uh, we're trying to get people help. So this is going to be a, another great episode. Today we're going to talk about culture. Not only the culture here at Wasatch, but just recovery culture in general and kind of the pros and cons and the things that we see. So so why don't we start off there? Maybe, Mark, I'll start with you. Just, you know, maybe what are your thoughts on, you know, culture and what you see? You've been doing this for 10 years now. Um, you, 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 you go everywhere. You know everybody. Just what are your thoughts on culture and then, you know, maybe what makes us maybe a little bit different than maybe other places? Thanks, Todd. So, uh as I've been in this industry for the last 10 years, I've seen some cultural changes, believe it or not, within our industry uh, here locally. Not so much on the national level, but here locally, I do see some culture differences. Uh, One of those things that's a positive thing is I do see that there's a lot of treatment centers that work together. We often participate in uh, networking events with other facilities. I feel like there's some partnerships out there in a sense, Mm -hmm. um, and they're all trying to create a culture there to at least help the majority of people who are struggling in the behavioral and mental health area. And so I do see some positives there as far as the culture within those facilities. That's where it gets a little bit interesting, if you want to call it that. And uh, we focus on creating and very good culture for people in recovery that doesn't always mean that it's roses and and (laughs) that it's easy and that it's always something extremely positive in their minds in the beginning but we know how to create a culture for recovery and that's so important to me absolutely decker you know you've came through our program You've not only been here, but you're also you've been in the industry for a long time as well. What do you see, and you know, what do you feel like how culture actually you know influences people? Well, and I would say like what Mark had said that um, you do see a lot of the facilities that are doing this the right way, and you know, really caring to to help people. That we all do work together, and I mean, it's it's pretty powerful, right? Like that, um, that we're kind of getting, it's becoming more, what's the word? More people are talking about it where mm-hmm. it's not like it was where, you know, 
every addiction was something that you just didn't talk about. You just dealt yeah. with it on your own. So letting people know, like, hey, look, I work in this industry, been there, done that. Like, and the culture we have here is something that the only way I could have done it is if it, you know, it is what it is. And it was like a family away from my family, you know, coming yeah. right before the holidays. That's like, that's not easy. But there is, there is a sense of family, right? And some of these places that um, really do it the right way, that compassion component is number one, right? Yeah. Is it easy? No. Like, not at all. Is it uncomfortable? For sure. But it's also safe. Yeah. And it's a safe place for, you know, people to heal. Yeah. Well, and thank you for sharing those thoughts. I, so I, (laughs) I'm going to share some things here just for a minute that I just think it it just ruffles some people's feathers, especially in the recovery world. And, and again, what works for, if if something works for you, I'm the first person to congratulate. I don't, if some, if a certain program, a certain modality works for you, good. I'm the first one to say great job. But I, you know, I just feel like we're taught in just our society. I'm not in, in, in society. We're taught that, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Uh, once, once you've gone down that road, the, uh, the chances of you succeeding are slim to none. Um, you're a criminal, you're a thief. You're, and yeah, maybe at times you've been that when you're in your addiction, but you become these labels and it creates this culture and that, and I see it with our own clients. Like this morning I was meeting with a client who's, been here a week at Wasatch, and she was crying, going, I can't believe the difference in this place. And I said, and you guys, we've talked about this before, it's the best university on the planet, if you look at it that way. And she was like, worried what she was gonna tell her family when she leaves. I said, just tell them you attended the best university on the planet. I go, that's your response, because it really truly is. And not only that, um, this is more of a life program, I think, the culture we, it's like we're trying to get our clients to experience joy again in their life. Yes, we can stop the drugs and the alcohol. Great, fine. You can, but you can be a miserable, sober person, right? You can be miserable. Well, we all know those. I yes, mean, for real. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. I, I have different thoughts on that. I don't think you always have to be in recovery. I don't think you always have to be broken and damaged. I don't think you necessarily have a disease. And I know that's going to ruffle some feathers. And again. Whatever works for you, but I'm telling you, I I see it doing more damage than good when these people believe that I'm going to be in recovery the rest of my life and I'm going to have to do this the rest of my life when it's like, well, I mean, it's like this life sentence and I just see a lot of negative come from it at times. What are you guys th- thoughts on that? And I know I'm ruffling feathers right now. People might be upset for me saying this, but I, I love that you're saying it, Toddy. Um, we've witnessed it. And that's why you can say what you say. Yeah, is we've witnessed people who are recovered, and that they don't have the desire to use drugs and alcohol, but with that comes happiness. And in a life program, if you're happy, you're not going to be using. And we've we've realized that that all those addictions are driven by secondary issues. Right. Most of the time. Yeah. And. Uh, I look at what we've created here and to exactly to your point, um, we don't want to focus on drugs and alcohol. We want to focus on life and where are you going in life? What are you going to do in life? How can you be happy in life? Because that is what we're here for is to be happy and you can be, we believe that. Well, it's interesting. You go to a recovery program, but you can never be recovered. Like, 
you go to recovery so but you never you're never done i get what they're saying like you got to put in the work you got to stay strong you know you don't see me hanging out at the bars anymore i know that i'm not i'm smarter but it's like i'm living my life decker i mean what what are your thoughts on this and i know you're I mean, you've been clean how long? Seven years? Almost seven years. Seven years, which is amazing, by the way. But you're still f- pretty fresh in this. People would say, yeah. yeah, you're still kind of fresh in this recovery process. What are your thoughts on this? Well, <laughs> after meeting with you for every morning, <laughs> you know. That's right, every they, morning, 6 a.m. So, I mean, a lot of, like what you've taught me, I applied, right, that uh, happiness can be a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like that I don't have to always you know, fight this, right? Like, why would you want to do that? Like to be recovered? Why would you always want to white knuckle it? Like the one thing about Wasatch is you're right. Like the drugs and alcohol are just one part of it, right? Like not doing it. That's not the point. The point is if you can legitimately be happy, why would you ever need to dive back into a bottle? Yeah. Right. And, and knowing how to navigate through life stuff, you know, just because I'm not, you know, drinking and drugging doesn't mean that necessarily like I'm happy and everybody's going to have stuff that happens in their lives. And, you know, learning how to navigate through that without having to fall back. And I hate that. I hate that concept that I've got to be sick, right? That I've got this disease. The hell I don't, right? Like yeah. this is my life. I choose what I want to do. And if I decide I want to be recovered, I'm recovered. Yeah. I never want to go. Why'd I ever want to go back to that life? And to think that, oh, okay, you know, you know, this is scary. What if I do this? If you change your mentality to, I'm done with that. That's old me. Like right. that's the past. Right. And always look forward then, you know, you, you can be recovered. Right. No, I love that. I want to maybe touch on something you said about, we're talking about being happy again, finding joy again in your life. If you walk up to a depressed person and you say, happiness is a choice, they're going to flip you off. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, F you, you know what? But if you teach this person who's depressed, what creates the feelings of happiness, you know, purpose, controlling our thinking, uh, helping other people. Like you talked about, Mark, about how we create this recovery process here. It's not just a nice facility. When they get here, there's some meat to this, man. And so when we do that, that's what we're saying, right? Is we're helping these clients actually go, oh, I can be happy and I can move on from that life. It's interesting. I'll ask someone, okay, when did you start using? They're like, uh, 16. I was 16 when I really started getting into it. And and I'll say, so isn't it funny, like, so from 16 to 26, you define your life as that's who you are. But why can't you define your life from the time you were born until you were 16? You were clean. You weren't, a, you weren't born a drug addict. Why can't you go back to defining yourself as that versus you're taking this chunk of time? And it's like 16 it, years of happiness versus 10 years of unhappiness. That's my let's, point. Let's but now it's like you're case. always a, an addict in recovery when in reality, no, you, you, that wasn't you. You went away from who you were when you're right and it's so cool to watch these clients go i've never thought of it that way right and i think that's what we do here right you guys see that where we we teach them to see it like what if you looked at it that way again we're not trying to discredit any other modality out there what we're saying is i think what happens is the culture is you know kind of put people into a corner and this is how it is period you're this you're sick you're broken you're powerless all this stuff no god i mean to me that sounds like God, give me a drink. I don't know. I just that I just don't know about that mentality. But what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, that's a dep- that's depressing to think that way. And 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 I and there is something to be said about being recovery, right? It's like you said, you're not hanging out in bars, right? Right. So if you're doing you know what you're supposed to be doing and things that you you know know are gonna 
you know, help you in re your recovery or you surround yourself with people that make you the best version of yourself, right? It is one of those things that you have to be cautious, right? Like I'm not going to go to the liquor store for anything, right? Or I'm not going to, yeah. you know, surround myself with people that aren't going to make me a better version of me. But you definitely, I, I hate that, that um, the disease stuff, right? I don't like to mm -hmm. think of that. You yeah. know, that, that, that's, you know, or, you know, junkie or whatever, right? Like, it doesn't, that doesn't define me. You know, those mm -hmm. poor decisions and hard couple decades I had, that doesn't define who I am. Right. It's me now, right? And, yeah. and like where I want to go that does. And I, and a great point, Decker, because I think you're being now who you were before all that. Yeah. That's who you're being. Or even a better version. Or a better version of that. But that's that's what I try to, you know, I, I've noticed that's kind of what we do here at Wasatch is we help them see it differently in that way. And it's powerful. 100%. Right? I, uh, when we started this, um, I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, you know, we, we always said, what, what do we need to do to help this population? And yeah. what we came up with is just hope and love. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly saying that, you're going to be in recovery the rest of your life and you're going to be white knuckling it and you're going to be living with this disease, what kind of hope does that give that individual? It doesn't yeah. give you a lot of hope. Yeah. But to be able to change that narrative and say, yes, you can be recovered. Yeah. Yes, you can be something else. Yes, you can be a better version of yourself. Yes, you still have choice. That creates a lot of hope. Yeah. And that to me is the biggest difference in recovery versus recovered. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point, Mark. I think, yeah, I know. And people might be hearing like, oh, hope and love. I mean, it almost sounds like we say those words so much that it, we're desensitized to it. But it truly is like that's what's different here. Like it starts from the top, Mark. Like people, any client who's ever come through here cannot say that Mark didn't love them. Right, Decker? <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Like, there's, and what other owner can really truly say that? Like, I think people think we say that and they'll go, oh, yeah, really. But you ask any client who's been through here, even if they didn't like maybe the overall experience, I guarantee you they cannot say Mark didn't love them. Right. And uh, I just think that's so important because, again, not to reiterate what we've talked about in the past, but they've lost so much love in their life. They've lost so many people's mm -hmm. faith in them. They've lost the trust of almost everybody they know personally. Yeah. And so to have one more person that believes in them, who doesn't judge them, who really truly can sit here and go, you know what? I know you could do this. Yeah. And, uh, and that here at Wasatch is such a difference. And there's a couple things that we do to create that culture within our own facility and immediately it's by introducing ourselves and yeah. setting an expectation yes which you're good at that yeah i hate not having an expectation <laughs> yeah. on somebody who walks into the facility yeah it's so important to have an expectation i expect you to do well while you're here that's yeah. why you're here and if you don't have an expectation or set an expectation how many people are going to achieve something yeah I mean, you got to set an expectation and yeah. that immediately sets this experience up yeah. for a good culture. Yep. I hear this all the time. Like when I'm meeting with a client, Hey, Mark, the owner is having me do this. 
<laughs> he wants me to work on my goals, this thing. You're really good with that too because I don't think we touch that enough here, honestly. And it's great that that comes from you, right? And when they hear that, that's coming from the owner. I mean, that's so rare, man. So, I mean, what was your experience, Decker, with Mark when you were coming through here? Well, I mean. Again, one, we're talking culture here. Right. This, this creates a culture. For sure. And the one thing that I go back to the love thing, right? The one thing that uh, I was told when I came here is let us love you until you can love yourself. Mm. And you think yeah. about that and it's, I mean, that's powerful. Right. Yeah. But the, the culture here, like getting to know Mark and you guys coming through here, I mean, I was just a resident. I didn't know you guys beforehand. Yeah. But I felt immediately like I was part of a family, right, in that culture where this is a safe place, the most unique thing in the world where you can dump out your deepest, darkest stuff, work through them, and, like, set goals and work on becoming the best version of yourself. But it is. I mean, to the point that you know, I was friends with you guys by the time I left. and. Yeah. And I stay part of this culture, playing softball, going to meeting, you know, our alumni meetings and things like that to now the point that I work here. Yeah. Right. And so that's pretty amazing where, you know, I wasn't just a resident. I was legit family. Yeah. And it, and it still feels that way. So, you know, what's cool, Decker is and Mark will attest to this. When we hear you talking to a potential client coming here, the way you talk about that love and hope. I mean, right. I mean, it's it's amazing how you. Um, you cultivate that on the phone automatically. You're already creating the culture by the way you talk to them on the phone. I, I always like when, when I walk out of your office because I know you're on a call and I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm like, damn, that person, if they, if they just hear these powerful words by Decker, I mean, come on, man. How could you say no to that? You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's just different than, you know, and I hear this a lot too, Decker, where the clients say, yeah, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Decker. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh dude, the dude called me every day. And not only did he call me, he talked to me. He cared about me. He told me this and that. I mean, things that I never heard from anyone else. He goes, I really feel like these p people care. And it started with their initial call. And sometimes they get that initial call with Mark too. And I hear this all the time. Well, one it's thing so I, love, I love about Decker and the way he approaches that is he does it with so much love, but he's not He's not sitting on the surface with these people. Right. He's telling them exactly mm -hmm. what is going to be here yeah. and how their experience is going to be. And he will let them know it's not easy. Yeah. This is tough. We've got to get to the root of your issue or you're going to continue to struggle in your own life and you can't be happy if you're right. hanging on to all this stuff. Right. So it's not like he's telling them everything he wants they want to hear and but that is, in my opinion, what creates the relationship of trust right in the moment is you're willing to say the hard things along with the easy things. Yeah. And inside of Wasatch here, I think that's where people really start to feel that cultural difference is, number one, it's set up like a big family. Yeah. Um, there's there's all, people of all ages. You know, obviously there's men and women. They're dealing with parental you know the examples they've got kids in here they've yeah. got all these different things that they're dealing with and it creates a true family situation and they have to hold each other accountable yeah and what i hear oftentimes with my residents is i love your staff and if we can create a culture for the staff to jump on board and be the team yeah to serve the client in a way that is positive, then it's going to translate into that culture for the residents on top of that. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that, like I said, it starts from the top with you, Mark, 
And it's just kind of the expectation. You have expectations not only for the clients, but for us and the way we carry ourselves with our jobs, right? I yeah. mean, you know. So I want to throw something at you here because I want to talk about the – we're talking about culture. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And it's a really powerful way to describe culture. So there's a guy named Roger Bannister. I'll go over the, the, this really quickly. Roger Bannister was the first person to run a mile under four minutes. And before he did that, the culture, the, the world culture, believed that a human being cannot run that fast. It's impossible. And if you tried, your heart would explode. That was the consensus. So that became this barrier, right, that the culture came up with. So now here's this barrier. Can't do it. Roger Bannister in April of 1954 is the first person to do it. He breaks it, right? He does it, right? People are like, you know, freaking out. Like, I can't believe this guy ran that fast. Guess how long his record lasted? 46 days. Guess what happened all over the world? Rapid fire. People started doing it. That was, um, since then, over 20,000 people have done that. High school kids are doing it now. And what happened is he changed the culture of the world, or at least in the running world. I mean, to me, this is the most fascinating story about changing culture it's impossible, can't do it, so it stood forever until he does it, and it's like 46 days later, someone breaks it. And I think that's such a great example, Toddy, is uh, with that culture, no one believed, somebody did it, now people believe it. Yes. And that's exactly what we're shooting for here, especially in the stuff that you teach, is so many people in this industry believe that you're always in recovery. Mm-hmm. And you as an individual. There's the barrier, There's folks. the barrier. The world has bought into that. Right. It really has. Yeah, it has. You're, you've got a disease. You'll never be recovered. You are going to be in recovery the rest of your life. You can't truly change. This is who you are. You, you know, we could name a thousand statements that people make. And when they come into your office, just like you say, the first moment they sit down, the narrative is different. And if you can get people to believe that narrative and show them that it is what it is, and we can do that with plenty of individuals at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plenty. <laughs> One sitting right next to us. Seriously. Exactly. Decker's living proof, folks. Mm-hmm. And here's the, there it is. You said it, Mark. And that's what broke the barrier with, with Decker. Because Decker, trust me, if you would have first came into Wasatch and I told you the same things you've heard everywhere else, you would have just been like, this is what it is, and that barrier still would be there. Now, that barrier works for people. So if you're getting your feathers ruffled right now and you're upset, we're not. I'm not trying to discredit you guys. What I'm saying is, why can't it be different? Could it be? And, I, and I've been doing this 32 years. I got thousands, you know, close to 20,000 clients, if I added them all up, that would back this up. So I'm not just, we're not just saying this willy-nilly. Mark, you got 10 years experience. Decker, you got, you know, 10 years. Guys, we're not just saying this, but that's what broke the barrier for you. You started seeing it differently, right? Yep. Yep, that's uh, that belief system that you're broken is kind of BS. And now rapid fire, people are starting to do it. And, and I, I tell I people you. every time that they call me, I'm like, hey, listen, if I can do this, anybody can do this. <laughs> you can be done, you know? Yeah. So that's the power of culture. It, and that's what we're trying to do, Mark, and you said it perfectly here. That's well, what we're trying to do. It's the power of the culture, and the culture to me in the facility is so, so important. Um, 
in this industry, we, with, without fail, I would say, mm, let's call it 75% of our people have been to another treatment center. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. been doing this. They're in a revolving door type life of, you know, I've been taught this. I've been taught this. I've given this packet. This is why you use drugs. This is yeah. this is your thinking errors. They've been taught the same thing over and over and over and can't figure out why they can't change yeah. or why they can't succeed. And all you got to do is change that thought process yeah. or the culture in their mind yeah. and give them some belief. And now all of a sudden they go, wow. Yeah, I actually can be somebody different. Well, it's kind of like with Decker. Decker, for those of you who don't know, I mean, I think we may have said this when you were on the episode, but he would show up at my office at 6 a.m. every morning, bug, bug the crap out of me, but I loved it at the same time. But he was just eating this stuff up because it was different. But not only was it different, it was true. See, we're not trying to get you to believe something that isn't real. We're not trying to like, oh, you know, we don't like this. You know, we're like, no, let's this this is real, and you ate that up, Decker. And, and you know what? And it's and it's like you said, it's not dissing on one thing or the other. My program or what I had involved everything, all yeah. sorts of different types of programs, right? Yeah. You don't have a support group. There's places that are great for support groups, right? Everybody's life situations, you know, different. But yeah, I came and knock on your window every day at six a.m. <laughs> because whatever you had, I wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and I hope that people can feel that from me, you know, to them that that, that they can be dumb. Yeah, this can be it. Yeah. Well, and if you go back, you know, take David Goggins for example. If people don't know who he is, he's he's a, a freak. I yeah. mean, but he always says, embrace the suck, yep. embrace the suck, and we tell people that embrace the suck. Be grateful yeah. for the suck. Yeah. Be grateful for the hard stuff because then when it's good. It's even that much better. Mm, yeah. So if you're grateful for those little things, if you're grateful for the crappy days, that's a choice. Yep. We can wake up on the wrong side of the bed and still make a choice to say, you know what? Today is a tough day. Man, I'm happy yeah. that I'm alive yeah. and I got to experience that rough day so that I can learn from that and tomorrow's going to be a great day. Yeah. And right there alone is different thinking. Yeah. I mean, I'll always say this. I'll ask clients, what's the definition of success? And you get all kinds of answers. I'm like, no, it's waking up in a good mood. There it is. You can be clean and sober and you're miserable. What's the point? Wake up in a good mood. You figured out life, right? I always say this, like being clean and recovered is like pizza. When it's good, it's really damn good. <laughs> when, it, when it's bad, it's still pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. But seriously. Because I love pizza. <laughs> yeah, everyone can relate with that. And that's what it means to be recovered. It's not just about being off of substances. It's about being honest, having integrity, being accountable, helping other people, being an influence for good, you know, having a purpose. You know, like Decker, you know, Decker has a purpose in his life. He's a, he's a family man. He loves hunting. He does, all, But he also loves making sure people get help. Yeah. It's awesome to watch that, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. We love it's that. It's unbelievable. Man. <laughs> Seriously. We do. Greatest guys on the planet. Any other uh, closing thoughts before we wrap it up? I just want to put it out there that, you know, um, just speaking on the Wasatch culture, um, I can honestly say that the staff here at Wasatch is here for one reason, one reason only. It's to help each individual as an individual. Right. And I hear that often from our residents. I love your staff, and it's not a blanket program. The culture is different here. 
It is a culture that we expect you before you walk out the doors to be happy. We've said this in the past. We're probably the only place that begs people to stay longer, that they don't leave until they're ready, until yeah. they can honestly say, I'm in a good place and yeah. I'm happy. Right. And then obviously there's some more work to do because they got to go back out in the stressors of the world. But yeah. I'll tell you, it's, it's if you can be here and be happy being in this environment, Sometimes you never want to leave, yeah. you know, but yeah. there is a great culture here on this property. And I always say it's a, it's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing for anybody to go and uh, experience it. If it's with us or if it's with somebody else who's created a great culture within their facility, I commend them. We respect them. We love them. We love to reciprocate with them and yeah. we know who they are. Yeah. And so even if we couldn't take somebody, we know where people should be. Yeah. And that's so important and vital in this industry. Love so it. Love it. Very well said, Mark. So I'm going to pose this last question to Decker. If there's someone listening to this right now who is struggling or they're listening to this and they have a, a son or a daughter who's using or a, a niece or a nephew or a cousin or whatever it may be, what advice could you give them right now? Don't wait until things get worse and, and just to reach out. Like just, I mean, and, and I give out my cell phone number, so, like directly. So what is that cell it's, number? So it's 801-318-4240. <laughs> and like I said, don't wait. And I always hate when people do last rods because that's when people die, right? And so yeah, I'll you do know, one more so, time out, yep. they end up dying. Yep. So if you yeah. know anybody or you yourself, or I mean, nobody's immune to, you know, this kind of hurt, but uh, there's a better way out. You know what I mean? There, there's a, there's happiness, and we can help get you on that path so don't hesitate to reach out well and we're coming up on the holidays and i think in two weeks we're going to do another episode of us us three again we're going to talk about it because you're in treatment during the holidays yeah. and that can be a really difficult time not only for the client but for the families as well we'll talk about that um mark do you want to uh if someone wants to reach out to you uh, yeah. how would they do that uh they can uh, call me right on my personal mobile phone it's 801-898-77 seven eight and uh again we're in this uh just to help anybody and everybody if you just have questions concerns how to approach somebody uh it doesn't necessarily have to be the client themselves yeah. uh, we're here and available for information we're here to help we're here to do whatever we can do to help somebody love it yeah well thanks for taking some time guys it was, it was a good conversation yeah great it's conversation. good stuff man thank you awesome yeah well, hey guys, there you go. Thanks for tuning in once again. Like I like uh, Decker said, please don't wait. If someone's struggling or if you're struggling, call Decker, call Mark, reach out on this podcast, whatever you need to do to, you know, to get help. We're here for you. Th again, this is the greatest university on the planet. We talk about this all the time. Come join the greatest university on the planet and 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 get the help that you need. So I love you guys. Thanks to our sponsors once again and Mark and Decker. You guys are awesome guys. So grateful to know you and love you guys. You too, Toddy. Thanks. Okay, till next time.